Welcome to The Stellar Woman Show, the podcast, magazine, and video hosted by Stella Olivia Kikoyo. Each week, Stella will be bringing you a guest or a segment from The Stellar Woman magazine, whose mission is to spread thriving global women's stories, expert knowledge, and experiences covering mind, body, and spirit, fashion and beauty, money, business, and leadership, so that you too can be inspired, learn, be empowered, and thrive. Since knowledge is potential power, our aim is to spread it like light from one woman to another, which we believe will help to bring about change in perspectives and create new possibilities for all women to learn, be empowered, and thrive. We know if one woman thrives, her family and community thrive too, and the world becomes a better and brighter world. With over 100 interviews and stories, articles, videos, surveys, real life and business lessons and trainings, we believe that there's no better women's classroom as the Stellar Woman Show and Magazine. Stella and her guests will be exploring how they started, the dreams realized and unrealized, aspirations, the steps taken, the challenges, failures, lessons learned, decision-making process, and what made them successful, and the stellar woman that they are. For more information, check out the website, www.stellarwomanmag.com. Now, here's your host, Stella Olivia Kikoyo. Welcome, and thank you for choosing to be with us here on the Stella Woman Show. This is Patty. If you missed part one, please look out for part one in the previous episodes. Let's kick it off. Okay, so in building the brand based on a sustainable agenda, what are the key challenges and opportunities that you face as, as founders, as entrepreneurs in this particular area? Let's focus on the opportunities first. I think now it's probably a bit different than when we um, launched into sustainability quite a while ago, because now it, there is so many different um, support groups. There's so much more knowledge about sustainability um, that entrepreneurs who are just launching their brand can much more easily already have a platform and be understood by the customers as well as potential investors. It's not as foreign as when we launched into sustainability. So that is a great thing. I'm very um, positive and happy about the shift. Of course, you have to be careful about greenwashing because it is such a trend and it comes along with it. But in general, the public is much more educated and therefore the consumer has a demand and therefore there is also a financial upwind and support of brands that launch into sustainability. There's a lot of, you know, like um, investment going on uh, that focus solely on green and sustainable, you know, like um, enterprises. So, you know, depending on what you want to do, if you if you are planning to do like a very scalable business, you know, there is a lot of opportunity in the section of like green investments. So I think that's something new um, startups should definitely look out for um, as there is a lot of support for that, you know. Oh, thank you. That's good. That's good to know. And in terms of challenges? With any business, really, but especially with, with green businesses or eco-minded businesses, I just really have to do your due diligence. It just takes a lot more time, uh, more effort. So depending if you are a small team or a bigger team, but you know, a lot of entrepreneurs start out by themselves or with one co-founder, 
um, there's a lot of due diligence you will have to do to find the right resources that are really suitable to whatever you want to do and really do do the walking to whatever they say they are doing because there are you will you know you will confront people who want to find the negative things you know so i think it's really important like my sister already said to walk the talk because people will want to find you know like errors or things that you are not doing green so it's really important that you you know like that you don't just say oh i'm doing this but like that you really do it and be transparent because it not everything is possible to do green you know there are still some carbon footprint you know challenges there are some, you know, like little challenges that are occurring and that's normal, you know, like I think it's really important for people not to get frustrated and give up if they can't do everything in the beginning completely green and sustainable, but like rather to focus on the transparency and that's completely, you know, like a lot of companies that we know that um, call themselves uh, sustainable companies, they have like a guideline of how many percentage the whole a product has to be sustainable for them to call it sustainable. And I think like the cutoff point is like 75% or 80%. So, you know, but like then they will also say which of the, you know, like um, 25 or 20% in the garment is not sustainable. And then they are like talking about how they are trying to improve that part of the garment. So I think it's really important to have that kind of transparency Wow, that's amazing. And in particular, Fedla, Fedla, what kind of, uh, is there a particular challenge that you faced and that maybe you felt like you couldn't continue? Is there a situation where you faced a challenge that maybe at some point you felt like giving up, you know, where entrepreneurs get to that point of almost putting their tools down, but then they have to overcome that that particular dark part of the journey. I think in the beginning, it was really overwhelming when we switched not just to, you know, vegan, but also sustainable collections and clothes because it was just such a challenge to find materials that are sustainable and are, you know, like high fashion and are in a price point that is actually affordable. So I think in the beginning, it felt everything felt really, really overwhelming. And, you know, like if you compare it and suddenly one dress costs as much to make as before half the collection costed to make, it's like a huge gap in difference, you know? So I think what was the biggest challenge for us was to redefine what our brand is standing for and what we are trying to do and to move away from wholesale and like you know like seasonal collections to uh one of limited pieces that are basically made to measure and i think that transition was a huge challenge and we needed to redefine our brand and like you know like what is felder felder and i think in the beginning people were not really understanding what felder felder is because we were not running our brand anymore like a common fashion house you know where you do seasonal collections do like shows mm-hmm. twice um a year and then you have like showrooms and then sell the collection stores and i think that that move a lot of people didn't quite understand in the beginning and it wasn't very common whereas now i feel like it becomes more and more common and people are like yeah sure who wants to have like you know 200 new pieces a year you know like i think 
that slow fashion concept is slowly grasping onto people. But it wasn't in the beginning. So for us to make that step was was a challenge, definitely. I will not lie about that, you know. And uh, it took a lot of courage. Uh, and I don't think I would have done it by myself. You know, it was really good that we had each other to always encourage ourselves that we are making the right move. And that that is what we want to move into. Amazing. Thank you very much. And I think other entrepreneurs, people, founders who get into that situation can be able to see themselves being able to actually persevere and maybe getting a supporter of your initiative to just help you continue with the right mindset to see yourself through to the next side. Thank you very much. And I I don't know if we take you back a little bit into the internship with the designers, Carrie, is it Carrie Williams Mm -hmm. and Mila Stefan? Yes. And did did that internship make a difference in terms of um, your all initial, your, your journey as entrepreneurs and founders? And first of all, I have to say, I'm very impressed. You did your due diligence. You did your research. That's really amazing. I love that you bring this up. Yes. I mean, Robert Perry Williams had a huge, huge impact on us. Um, he actually was uh, the reason that we were able to um, come move to London uh, because we went, uh, we did an internship in, uh, we did an internship with him. We were studying in Germany at the time and uh, were able, you know, to um, get support to do an internship, no matter where, could have been in Germany or abroad, but uh, through the Leonardo da Vinci program, we were able to do that in London. And we met Robert Perry Williams. And, well, actually, we met him in Lisboa, where we were like modeling. Yes. So, <laughs> and we did a little deal with them. We were like, okay, we model for you for free if you give us an internship. So we bribed our way a little bit in there. <laughs> and then calling every day, when can we come? When can we come? <laughs> yeah. We were relentless. Relentless. <laughs> and uh, but basically, he welcomed us to his studio and gave us not the responsibility that you were expecting as an intern, uh, which is, you know, making a cup of coffee, doing errands, but we were really allowed to be super part of the design studio of doing the mood books for him, doing the research, going into sponsorship meetings, going into Central St. Martin's to what some of his, he was a teacher in the master's class in the MA course. So you know, he took, he, us, he took us with, so we really got to know the behind the scenes and his way of working was just very artistic and very, very inspiring. So we laughed every second there. And uh, it also definitely <laughs> had with um, applying for Central St. Martins because we had a much deeper understanding of how to work as a designer. So it was a very big difference between like the more, you know, like um, the more, um, you know, like, uh, how do you say, um, you know, like conservative. conservative way of education in Germany. And then in comparison to have that very, very like, you know, like uh, free-spirited and like, uh, you know, unique way of artistic, of arti- an artistic education in London, which was unique and it was amazing, you know, it was really, really special. Oh, fantastic. That's encouraging. To, it helps other people to see what um, internships can do, but also the perseverance. You say you kept calling and 
uh, until <laughs> you were given this opportunity. So you did everything that you could do to get the opportunity. Yes. We were, you know, when we um, had interns in, in London, we had lots of interns that, you know, like really were persistent and their portfolio was good. And, you know, like they had a good uh, re uh, re resume, you know, like we really gave them a chance when we had the feeling that they are really serious about wanting to do an internship because you have a lot of people who just don't know what they have to, you know, like expect when they do an internship and they, they want to go home after one week because it's just too hard work. So, you know, like with people who are so persistent, you kind of like, and you tell them it's going to be tough and they're like, I don't care. I want to work, you know, like you kind of put more trust into those interns. So I guess, you know, after we didn't give up <laughs> in uh, stalking Robert, um, you know, like he gave us a shot. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Thank you very much for that. And then you also landed your sponsorship um, from Top Shop new generation yeah how significant was this as well to your brand growth that was an amazing time an amazing period of um london fashion week and um you know with the british fashion council and new gen through a top shop it really gave us a platform to be together with um like-minded designers at the same time um, and enabled not just us but all the designers that were part of the new gem program to show their collections to top people from the industry, which is such an amazing model. And we were absolutely grateful to be able to be part of it. So it was really fantastic and brilliant for what we were doing at the time. Now, you talked about dressing up some celebrities, especially musicians. You've dressed up celebrities like Rihanna, have you? Mm -hmm. Yes, we did, yes. Yes, and so that's amazing. So describe the feeling of when you first landed dressing up the first celebrity. It's not like that we meet Gwyneth Pedro and she chooses something. It's all it's mostly through via the stylist. So you know, like uh, we have a lot of appreciation and respect for all the celebrity stylists that chose our clothes. 100%, you know, so um, that was always really special. But then sometimes, you know, you build a relationship with a stylist. I remember like Florence Welsh stylist, um, Adele Johnson, she, um, she uh, came to us and at the time, we, uh, Florence was not very well known and, you know, like all the big brands still was, weren't so interested in her. She came to Boris uh, to, to get some clothes and then, you know, like Florence loved the clothes so much that uh, then we did a little collaboration where with the stylist and with Florence, we designed her a tour outfit. So we actually got to meet Florence, which was incredible, you know, and uh, did the made to measure dress for her for her tour, which was so amazing. That's great. Thank you very much. Um, there's so much, they have some <laughs> inspiration for fashion designers, young fashion designers, and those who are already advanced, really. Great inspiration. So where do you get the inspiration from? Do you have a particular source um, that this it's mainly this um, for your designs? For me, you know, um, and I'm sure for Danny it's similar. Um, when we did our catwalk shows, we often had... Uh, inspiration stemming from music or even if it wasn't musicians it ha always had that sort of rubble feeling in it 
um, maybe not to anybody else, but to us it evoked that sort of feeling and how we can translate that to add in, you know, the femininity, to find the, the balance within the contrast uh, of that rebellion and sensibility, which was really, really inspired us. And, and also the, you know, like we always said, we want to um, have contrast. So like the a bit harder and the soft, you know, like, which is like also stemming from our, you know, like uh, twin twinness, you know, like that we have that duality, but then it complements each yeah. other. So um, I think that was always really important for us. You know? And I think that still is, um, even though, of course, now it is so much dependent on the materials that are available that they also play a big part in the research and the inspiration process. But I think that uh, finding the balance between two contrasts is still there. I mean, nature is, of course, you know, yeah. big inspiration because, I mean, you just walk outside yeah. into a forest and, you know, what nature has to offer it's just mesmerizing, you know, if people get off their phones and actually like be present in the moment and see what's actually all around them. I mean, now, right now we are like in the countryside in, uh, in Germany at our mom's house yeah. and she lives next to the forest and, you know, like just walking to the river and like the forest is like a huge source of inspiration. Yeah. yeah. I think every print we have done in the past uh, was inspired by, by nature. nature. Yeah. Yeah, all peppers to flowers to you name it. Ah, very good, very good. And you connected us back to that, uh, the music bit as well, because that's where you started. Yeah, exactly. great, great. <laughs> that's very good. We Today we have a theme, this particular issue, and um, is the, the theme is leadership. What does leadership mean to both of you? Leadership to me means that you have a clear vision, but then also can communicate that clear vision with the people that you are working with. Yeah, that you sort of like tap into your higher purpose and empower not just yourself, but also empower whoever you can empower, people, planet. Um, I think that is great leadership. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much for this. And um, how important is passion leadership? in terms of in fashion as an area, as an industry? How important is leadership? I think it's important in any industry, no matter if fashion or not, um, it's important to, and I feel, you know, the more tap, we tap into conscious fashion, um, there is uh, more going on towards this conscious leadership, which is what we find really inspiring. And um, I think something that is very valuable um, and good leadership is important in any industry um, and especially with the sort of green-minded businesses um, to have leadership that is transparent, that is trustworthy. I think uh, that will elevate the entire industry. And also about, you know, like connecting with each other and with nature and with the environment, you know, like that it's really not about like the old model, which is like everyone is, you know, like competition towards each other, because especially in the field of sustainability, you cannot do it alone. So you have to come to terms with that, you know, like you alone don't get very far. So why don't we do this together, you know? And instead of like thinking in that old competitive way to think in a way of like, we are all connected 
together, we all connected to each other and why, why we are in this together and together we can create a much bigger change, you know? So I think it's a, it's a whole change happening right now um, towards a more, you know, like a different model of working, you know, which is uh, not competitive and not egoistic, but like thinking about community and um, how we can change the world together for the better and how we can have the biggest impact yeah. together. Biggest impact together. That's amazing. That's quite transforming for anyone listening. Um, you'd be transformed by the answer you've just given, just there, how we against how we see uh, previously, but now going to move towards actually collectiveness and ensuring that we are all sustainable as a planet. Um, that's quite a transformation. Thank you very much. Now, I'll give you some of the attributes for great leaders, attributes or characteristics of a great leader. Vision, confidence, trustworthiness, authenticity, yes, responsibility, action, communication. And generosity, generosity, generosity you know, yeah. to give back because I am sure every great uh, leader has a great role model, you know, that shared a lot with him or her. And I think anyone who had that will also give that back. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much for that. So what gaps in, do you see in leadership in the fashion industry? If, for example, you're looking at a, a particular firm, maybe that, that you feel that if only I was the leader there, you know, that's a situation. Gaps that you see that can help to change the fashion industry, but in, from, in terms of leadership. The thing that I hope will change, but I think it's very consumer driven. So, you know, the leadership will listen to the consumer. So, again, there's actually power to the people, even though a lot of consumers aren't aware about it, is the impact of the high street on the environment and how hopefully that can shift into a more conscious way of consuming. And therefore, brands, even if they make a lot of money right now, will also shift their business models. And whoever is in power there that they will take the right steps to be a great leader amazing i love that <laughs> thank you very much thank you what are you most proud of i think it's difficult to pinpoint it to one thing you know it's like i think what i'm the most most proud of is like constantly trying to evolve to a better version of myself and uh, leaving a better impact, you know, um, with that. Because it's so easy, you know, we could have just like continued doing what we have been doing, you know, like and continued London Fashion Week and like be in the limelight there and, you know, like, you know, but it wasn't, it was stagnant, you know, and now to evolve to where we are now, it took a lot of courage, but, you know, like even now we have to always remind ourselves we can do even better. And like, I think it's a constant progress on like, you know, when you work on yourself, then you also work on your, you know, like on your purpose and on your work. And um, a thing that I'm the most proud, that I'm the most proud of that, you know, like I always thrive for, you know, like excellence and for self-growth. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it's always about, um, you know, evolving to have a bigger and more meaningful impact while doing what you love and being able to sustain the planet and yourself, of course. Amazing. I just felt like I'm going to borrow that answer, those answers, <laughs> and keep them at my heart here. 
<laughs> I just kept thinking mind remember, heart remember, so that <laughs> it went. <laughs> It was amazing. Thank you very much for that. And, and, and from the beginning, it seems more like a success story for Fiddler, Fiddler. What is it that you believe has made it possible for you? I think persistence is probably the first thing because um, maybe on the outside, it looks like a quick success story but you know from behind the scenes mm. it's you know really not giving up not giving up and I think in most cases this is true you know it looks easy on the outside but on the inside it's just not giving up just continuing just being persistent and yeah I think that that's what makes a difference fantastic thank you for that and um, a key message I don't know if that's your key message as well for young designers starting out what lesson would you give them? One, one key or two key messages for them? You know, like on the one hand, I do think that you will never start out your own thing if you think too much about it, because by the time then when you're supposed to start, you're so scared that you won't do it. So, you know, you have to jump a little bit into the cold water. But, you know, like I think it's really important to do it with a strategy. I mean, we partly did it just, we jumped into the cold water and had then to learn from the errors we did, you know, but I think a lot of the errors we did wouldn't have needed to be done, you know, if uh, we would have had more of a strategy. So I think whoever wants to start out um, to just go for it, because, you know, if you just talk about it and plan around it forever, like you will never do it. So there comes a point where you have to do it. But, you know, to be a bit more strategic about it and like lay out a plan and, you know, like have maybe... Uh, a one year, like I think it's unrealistic in these days to have like a five-year plan because like just so much changes all the time. But like at least have like a year planned out how you see it going. And then if at least like 70% of that is like reached, then I think you're already on a good go ahead, you know. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that. You've also answered already um, something connected to this. It's to do with collaborations. How important are collaborations today in business? It really depends like how how you run your business. But I think for, for our business, it's a huge, huge part of our business, you know, and I think um, actually you know, when I look at the, at big brands, you know, they also do it, you know, it's always good to get like, you know, like the network that one brand has and the other brand to bring it together. And that's again, like not thinking in competitive ways, but like in ways of how can we monetize and maximize our impact together? I think it's a cross-pollination is always a good thing because, you know, you sort of like, grow different seeds in different places and something new comes out of it and will inspire or encourage or empower different communities. So I think it's a really good aspect of working in, in business. But it's, of course, it's very important that, you know, like the values of the brands are aligned because, you know, like we know we wouldn't work with like a fur company or, you know, like a cigarette company. Like, you know, like I, I, there's just like, so no, many no. companies where we know this would not was this would not really you know like be a good that's of course yeah and even if it can be tempting you know for young designers i think in the long run it, it pays off to hold off and you know stick to your values stick to your values that's important to keep the alignment exactly yeah uh, thank you very much for that 
And so I'm going to take you back in time to your 14-year-old selves. And each of you have to answer it individually. Um, Daniela, you would go past. What key message would you give her today? To believe in herself more and to trust her intuition. Fantastic. That's a good one. Thank you. Annette? It's along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. <laughs> Just believe yeah, in yourself yeah. and yeah. trust it will be fine. Breathe. You know, don't forget to breathe. Fantastic. Thank you. And what future do you envision for women? I think, you know, in the future or like maybe already now, you know, I think, oh, I wish that, you know, we don't even have to talk about it anymore. You know, that there are equal rights, exactly the same as about race and about, you know, like other minority, you know, like, I mean, women, I know it's not a minority group, but like in general, I think it should just not be a subject anymore. I think it should just be expected that it's equal. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And um, what characteristics do you have for your ideal Stella woman? The ideal Stella woman. I think it's like playing like the same, how we get inspired for our designs, you know, like to have some, you know, like uh, contrasting um, um, attributes, you know, like she should be fierce, but feminine, you know, she should be confident, but uh, not uh, arrogant, you know, still have that softness. She should be kind, but also, you know, like standing up for herself. Uh, You know, I think it's like if you if you put like those contrasting attributes together, then I think you have a really good balanced person, you know. I love that. I love that. Annette. An authentic person that, you know, can also show her vulnerability. I think that is, um, makes people always much more approachable and real because we all are. Fantastic. Thank you. And where do we see Fedla Fedla in the next five to 10 years? <laughs> I know, Danielle, you just talked about not having a plan, a long plan, but I know that you're visionary women and therefore there is that kind of vision that is there for the brand so where do we see it in the next five to ten years well i hope that you know we will be able to um to really make an impact with our sustainable equature you know through working with uh you know like people who have presence on the red carpet or on stage um who have even a much bigger audience to bring the message across of sustainable couture Amazing. Thank you. And good luck with that. And do you have life mantras? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a lot, but, uh, you know, um, I think we can definitely, um, you know, quote a few of our teachers here. Yeah, we have have a lot of, I mean, we have been blessed by having been introduced to great um, teachers and, you know, we have a strong yoga practice and meditation practice. So, um, I think what from all the different um, from all the different teachings that we follow, I think to be present in the present moment is probably one of the biggest mantras that is also probably one of the hardest to follow. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Being present. Yeah. yeah. You know, like the only moment that's real is now, you know, the past yeah. is just the moment in the present, in the past and the future hasn't happened yet. So, you know, the only moment that's real is now. 
Okay, that's true. Thank you. Now, Annette, you'll start with this one. What has surprised you? Uh, what have you learned about yourself so far? That I can actually do more things than I have believed I can do. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And when I'm pushed, I will do them. And then I'm surprised by myself and also proud of myself. And that's Amazing. what I try to give to my daughter, even though she usually thinks she can do things, which I love. <laughs> New generation, no? <laughs> New generation, that's a good one. Thank you. And Danielle, what have you learned about yourself? I think what I've learned, what really helps, like also the relationship with my surrounding, is when I feel resistance, it's just uh, coming from a point of fear, you know? So you really have to start looking in yourself why you are resistant to this or why you get like, you know, irritated by someone or if you are supposed to do something and like you get, uh, you know, like, um, like you feel that resistance come up, comes up that normally it just stems not from a place that actually something bothers you. Um, it's more a place of you're scared to do it. So you really have to look into that. And then when you look at it, actually the fear goes away because if you look at that point, you know, like you realize that uh, there's nothing to be scared of. You do it and if it doesn't work. We find a different solution, you know? Yeah. So I think it's really, really important because especially running a fashion brand, there is a lot of scary things. So there is a lot of resistance coming up for sure. So not never to get, never to stop at that point of resistance, but to look why there is resistance coming up and then to like, figure out where that fear is coming from and then like to be like wow okay it's actually not that scary you can do this and you know like uh, we will we will figure it out along the way that's very good thank you um taking us towards fear because i think that's where uh many people not just women this is where we we stop but you're talking about coming from within just the resistance for you to take the action and you just know that yeah, there is fear. I, I wanted you to take us beyond that point because I felt that fear is a big one. Really, is there anything that you can tell us that you do personally to actually take that step where you've been feeling the fear? What's really important is I, in, in our life is to have, you know, like, first of all, um, we have a routine, you know, like, because I feel like in the morning you get up and like all, you know, like the things that could go wrong come up like mo mostly in the morning. So I think it's really important to start the day with a routine that works for you. And I'm not saying you have to do like two hours, you know, but like even 10 minutes in the morning will already make an impact on the day that you have, you know? So we always start our day with like breathing exercises and, uh, meditations, and positive mantras and then like a little workout and i think if you start your day already with like that kind of more positive mindset the rest of your day will be more positive as well you know so i really feel a difference if i if i'm traveling and then like busy with friends or something and i miss a couple of days i do feel a difference of my state of mind you know so i think it's really important to integrate a routine into into your life and i think when you have that morning routine you also automatically can fall back onto it it's almost like muscle memory or nervous system memory so it will conscious or subconscious it will definitely benefit throughout the day oh fantastic thank you thank you for that before we finish up 
failure is one of the things that stops people from starting. Just the fear of failure. Yeah. And have you over have you faced failure before? Have you how have you overcome that? I mean, we come back to persistence. If you stop at the point of failure, you literally don't come very far at all. You know, you don't come down the road. You know, you know I think the most valuable lesson I've learned is that failure is just an opportunity to learn and grow, you know. And I think you really have to see failures as opportunities, you know. Um And most people who are really successful, you know, like they have gone through huge failures yeah. and it's just a matter of not making that failure stop you, but like to really be like, okay, this didn't work. How can we make it work? Where? And then really not like, I think the biggest mistake we've done in the past is that we tried to do the same thing, yeah. although that failed. We're repetitive with the same thing over and over, over, over again. And uh, eventually we're like, what? This didn't, doesn't But that's do everything that Danny said comes into place there to be able to step back from your failure and to put in place a strategy. Yeah. And then follow through with a different approach from that failure or challenge or opportunity that has arisen for, arisen from it. Um, and, you know, be able to step away from it and not be drowning within the failure. Yeah. Amazing. And I think also, what is it called? Like, you know, when you, when you've been punched and you're like on the floor, like, I think the, the, um, the knockout, the, yeah. And then the, the recovery time, you know, like, <laughs> I think you can't feel too sorry for yourself <laughs> too long on the floor, you know, <sighs> you know, like you really have to like, okay, I get up, it's hurting, but I'm getting up and I'm going to do it, you know, like, so I think it's really important not like to fall into the victim role and like to feel sorry for yourself for too long. Of course you can be sad about something and it's important to, you know, acknowledge those yeah. feelings. It's really important to be like, okay, I feel sad right now. This wasn't great, you know, and let it out cry for, I don't know, like five minutes or a day, you know, but then to also be like, okay, well I've done this now. I let it out and now I'm getting up and like, let's do this, you know? <laughs> And I think with that also the spiritual practice helps because that's, that time gets shorter. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> that was entrepreneurship lesson. <laughs> any, any entrepreneur would definitely benefit from um, that answer because it's so much, it was full, really full. There was just so much. And I'm sure you've given other stellar women, subscribers, readers, and all our followers. Thank you. Now, before we leave, we want, we always want our, our stellar women to leave a challenge for our readers to help them grow into world leaders that they are called to be. So if each one of you could leave one challenge to make these women the fierce women that it talks about, and become the stellar women that they need to be. What is that one challenge that we want our readers to take today from you? I think a really good challenge for yourself is, and I think especially for women who are interested to be a stellar woman, you know, is like, who do you really want to be? You know, like as a woman, as a person, you know, like really like, focus not so much about your perception of like what others want you to be, but who do you want to be and which impact do you want to leave in this world? 
And I think when you when you really work from that angle, from within, then, you know, like you stop caring so much about the outside. And I think that's a really great place to start being authentic. Amazing. Thank you, Demian Koga. Thank you very much. And Lynette, do you want to add to that? What's your yeah. one challenge you want to yeah. leave? I would say that ask yourself, how can you leverage your own skills and abilities to empower one person, one other woman, and, you know, see the impact of that? Because, you know, sometimes when you think about those bigger, you know, like impact on the world, impact on the environment, it's very overwhelming. So, you know, I'm sure there is one person, one woman in your surrounding that you can empower and have a direct impact and pollinate her to fly. Wow, I've had such an amazing time. I've just learned so much. Thank you. And I thank you, Danielle. Thank you so much for this class. No, thank you. So it wasn't much. an interview. It was a class. thank you for your time thank you for sharing your knowledge thank you from the day took my heart thank you so much um i hope other people benefit like i have benefited in this session with you thank you thank you thank you for having us thank you so thank you very much this is an and uh, Daniela of Fedla, Fedla, thank you so much for sharing your time and sharing your knowledge and giving us your experiences to make a difference in other women's lives. You've definitely made a difference in my life. And I hope other women will be inspired and make a change. This is what Stella Woman Magazine is all about. It's about bringing you these thriving women's stories, these Stella Women's stories that you can tap from, make a change in your life and thrive and make a change in your families, your community. And we believe with that, the world will become a brighter and a better place. So until next time, thank you very much. Thank, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Stellar Woman magazine and show's mission to spread thriving women's stories, knowledge, and experiences so that you too can learn one or two things, be inspired, empowered to change, and thrive. We change one woman at a time. This, we believe, will help to make the world a better and brighter world. I hope today's episode inspired you to change perspective, see new possibilities, and take action so that you can become the stellar woman that you would like to be. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to go to the Stellar Woman Show and Magazine website for transcripts and more. Also, please remember to subscribe, review, and share with others, and follow us on all social media platforms. Have a great day. We look forward to catching up with you on the next episode.